Welcome to the Dance Centre podcast. I am your host, Claire French, and I'm joining you from the traditional unceded territories of the Musqueam, Squamish and Tsleil-Waututh peoples, also known as Vancouver, Canada. I'll be talking to dancers, choreographers and other members of the dance world here on the West Coast to find out more about their creative work and practices and to discuss what it means to us to be dance professionals today. Thanks for joining us. Davi Rodriguez is originally from Brazil, where he trained and worked professionally as a dancer, choreographer and director, performing and touring across Brazil and internationally. He studied physical education at the Universidade Católica de Brasilia while training and performing as a dancer. Davi also studied classical ballet while he was in Brazil. For over 15 years, he created, directed and danced in eight full-length shows with his own company. He has built a rich career as an award-winning dancer and choreographer and is renowned for his passion and vision. Davi was a highly regarded faculty member of the International Dance Seminar in Brasilia, Brazil, and he continues to choreograph and work as a mentor and adjudicator. In 2008, he moved to Canada to work as a dancer and guest choreographer for Le Monde Dance Company in North Vancouver and soon became its artistic director and resident choreographer. He also became a Canadian citizen. Davi is infallibly optimistic, one of the most positive, passionate and generous artists you will ever meet. Le Monde Dance is a training and performing dance company dedicated to training aspiring young dancers for a professional career in dance. And under Davi's leadership, Le Monde Dance has become one of Vancouver's premier training programs for emerging dancers and a career launch pad for young artists. The training program sets out to cultivate thinking dancers who can apply their knowledge, commitment, versatility and skill. The company is taught to Brazil and Germany and many of its dancers now perform with leading companies worldwide. To find out more about Davi, you can go to the website lemondance.com forward slash artistic director. And of course, he's joining us to also talk about Lemon Dance Company today. I am joined by Davi Rodriguez. He is the artistic director of Lemon Dance and uh, many other things, a choreographer, dancer, um, a very special person in our community. And I am very much looking forward to speaking with him and for you to hear about his life and his vision and plans. And first of all, welcome. Thank you. And I would love to hear about your career path in dance, as surmised as you would like it to be for our listeners, leading us up to, you know, kind of why we're talking today with Le Mans Dance and everything. But give us a little bit of your history, if you don't mind. Oh, for sure. First of all, thank you for inviting me to be part of this conversation. Uh, I'm looking forward to, to see what we can talk about. But it's quite extensive when you ask mm-hmm. I mean, someone yep, about it is. <laughs> where, how you got where you are right now, but I will try my very best to, to comprise everything. I have been always, since I remember understanding my being a human being in this planet, I, I have been always uh, wanting to be an artist. Before was to be a, um, an actor, and that guided me through to find dance because the the, the group that I was uh, as a little boy involved to be an actor, they were having a movement classes. And that time I was in love with dance. So I have been dancing since of the age of six. I started with jazz and I never stopped. And my, my funny or not, I got a job when I was 15 years old. My dance teacher said, there's an audition happening with this company, very famous company uh, in Brasilia, uh, the city that I'm from. 
-hmm. And she said, I think you should go. Uh, you, you have something that you're very talented. So I did go, <laughs> to be super honest. I, I, I joke about it because it was a group of adults. And then I was just a 15 years old boy. And everybody would go to the left, I would go to the right. And that time I thought it was good. You know what I mean? Like, I am good. Then I got the job. And there with that company, I stayed with for five years. The company is called, the company no longer exists. Um, it's called Applauso Siege Dança. And the director, um, Junior Rohara, whom I learned so much from, he was actually my inspiration. Because while dancing with him, developing my, my voice as a dancer, I also had this passion of being a creator. So I always asked myself, how does Junior get his ideas? I can't understand. And he was really talented. And I danced with them for five years. Parallel to that, I started to develop my own project. I called it a project. And through that project, I... I learned so much because I was the choreographer, the director, the dancer, lighting designer. I was everything. And a younger uh, human being taking care of a large group of uh, people. Uh, it was interesting because in this life, you think you're prepared, but you're always learning. And I stopped dancing with applause because that project, Sia uh, Creativity Dança, and then we gave a nickname of Cria which means creativity, became a huge thing in my life. We, we were well-known in Brasilia and around the cities uh, in Brazil too. I started to, to develop more my voice as a choreographer, dancing less and less. Not that I didn't love dance, I love dancing. I like the stage is a very sacred, magical place for me. I still miss it. <laughs> uh, <laughs> the creation part of it, Claire, it was, has been something that uh, I have always uh, been passionate about it. Uh -huh. So then with Creative Dance, I stayed for 13 years of my life. Mm -hmm. And there was a moment, <laughs> I started very young. Even when I was dancing with Applauso, Junior would come and say, I think you should stop. Don't do your project. You're young. You're very talented. You should dance more. And when you get older, you should have your dance company, your your project. But I was a little bit stubborn. <laughs> and I said, no, I can do both. But today, I, I do have a value on, uh, give a value to that uh, feedback that he gave to me. Um, I don't regret the things I did. But perhaps I could have embraced a little bit longer my career as a dancer. But I always think that life is preparing you for the future. You really understand why I am saying this to you. <laughs> and with Creativity Dance, I stayed for 13 years. And I was young and I started to miss dancing. And with the management of people, show not having um, uh, support from the government because that project was a dance company, but based on grants. Whenever we had the grants, everybody got paid. If we did not have the grants, the company itself, the dancers, we would put money to, to produce the shows, right? Mm -hmm. And I started to get tired of that and thought, I need to dance again. I need to, I want to 
I want to be seen. I want someone to tell me what to do. <laughs> you know, I want to go right, back to right, right. I don't want to yeah. tell anyone what to do. And I'm, I'm done. And the, the, a huge opportunity happened because in Brasilia, my city, there was this well-known international dance seminar. It's almost like a summer program, mm. but it was for the duration of one month. And my company, Creative Dance, I used to open that because they have a show to open and introduce the, the guest teachers, mm-hmm. the international teachers and local teachers as well. And my company was one of the companies to that was always invited to open. But in that, in that year, 2007, I decided to take the classes, be one of the, the, the dancers competing as well. Oh, yeah. I was a, a little bit... Uh, <laughs> My age was a little bit advanced for for that, but I said, you know what? If that's the change that I need, I yeah. will go through that. So then, th- throughout this uh, month of training, taking classes with these many teachers, I got the opportunity to to come to to Canada because oh. uh, my choreographer from Applauso, Junior Rohara, he had another company. Uh, like a way more professional company, like with small da- uh, with a small number uh, number of dancers, and one of these dancers uh, used to dance uh, with him, but she was no longer dancing there because she moved to Vancouver. Her name is Monica mm-hmm. Prensa, yeah, and I grew up watching Monica performing, and Monica was a star, uh, and. I remember as if today I was in the audience and she was performing uh, a piece that Junior created and I was in love with her. Years later, she came to visit us at uh, Applauso. In that uh, seminar, Monica was part of the jury, one of the Mm -hmm. teachers that would come and teach for a month. And she was talking, Davi, what are you doing? And I I explained her like, I'm kind of tired. I want to... (laughs) stop my project here and Claire you will laugh at that time I was also auditioning for Cirque du Soleil but not to be a dancer okay Okay. (laughs) I funny or not I really enjoy they call uh they call it physical actors but at that time I was applying to be a clown yeah like the characters in the shows right an actual role in a way yeah yeah Yeah. great I was auditioning for them I mean trying very hard I had a feeling I auditioned I auditioned for Sigur Solai so much Mm -hmm. the time that you used to send DVDs (laughs) (laughs) I had a feeling that whenever someone would get my DVD they would say hey guys again Davi. Again, Persistence, Davi, very important. Yeah. yeah. yeah so I mentioned important. that to her and she looked at me and said, and she didn't say anything. Mm. And the day after she said, come here, I want to talk to you. She said, listen, um, I know you're ready. You're a professional, but I want to give this opportunity to you so you can open your eyes to, to see what's happening outside Brasilia, outside Brazil. And I can only offer you a student uh, visa to come and study. You can take my classes. We can develop some works together. But I just want to be that, that help or that person that really supports you. Wow. The moment that she said that, I didn't think twice. I said, yes, I want this. Mm-hmm. 
I have no money to support myself there, but I will figure something out. So I kept that as a secret throughout the whole month. I didn't say anyone to anyone, my company, my mom, anyone. <laughs> it was hard to keep that as a secret. So long story short, I decided to come. I sold my car. Um, yeah. the, I had, I, the semester I was, uh, I went to physical education in Brazil. So to finish, if I'm not wrong, you need to complete seven semesters of that course mm-hmm. to, to get to finish. And I was going to finish to the seventh. I remember going to the university and all of my friends, what classes are you going to take this and that? Because at that time, Brasilia did not have a university for dance. So I thought physical education would be the closest. Actually, yeah. it's a beautiful course. It's a beautiful, uh, uh, I learned so much. I, I changed my way of teaching because when you start to know more about the body and everything in deep uh, details, you your mind change, your way of moving, breathing, everything change. So I yeah. really value uh, the people that wants to become a, a PE, a physical education. Yeah. So then my friend said, what classes are you going to take? I said, I'm not taking any classes. I'm actually pausing the course. You're crazy. You're crazy. <laughs> so I'm close. So close. You're so close. <laughs> No, I just got an opportunity. If I don't embrace that right now, I don't think that it will ever happen again. No, finish this, finish it. I said, no, it's already, I made my, my decision. And Claire, I do not regret a thing. I do miss going to school. It's something that I'm uh, thinking of doing right now, but yeah, don't, I don't regret. So I came for six months. I, I worked with Monica, Monica Perenza at R&B Dance because they did have this program, a scholarship program that bring international students to stay there for six months. And right. we always doing that. I was the, the second group, part of the second group that came. Yeah. And then I studied here. I came here with no English. Honest, to be super honest, second week, I was, the, during the second week, I was like, oh. Too hard. Yeah. I don't want to be here. What, what mm-hmm. have I done? I don't know the language, everything's so weird, but persistency, <laughs> right? You need to understand yeah. that things they don't come Well, and, and you had another, there was another why, right? There was another motivation for you that you'd already put into the world by going back as a student as for the month long. You know, you kind of made that meeting happen with Monica. So, you know, I think there's something quite wonderful. I always say that to the dancers that I teach when I came mm. here. There wasn't a level class for me at the school. So I honestly went back to take baby classes. Yeah. Of course, there was a, a, a 16, 17 years old class that I was taking with them. But I went back to the foundation and it was amazing because yeah. you give the value and the time to understand the foundation of everything again. It was, it was quite something. That's great because I think there's something about the also being in a new environment completely where you you are already having to adapt because you know you're learning so many new things and to allow that to actually influence and you know infiltrate your own body as a dancer is so valuable and that's obviously what you continue to share and teach and you know you can do that from experience with your students you're not teaching them you've had experience of change right and so you are able to use that in in their experiences and 
I feel like help them be open to changes that are happening in their lives, especially kind of at the ages that they're at and the opportunities you give them. So I think maybe this could lead quite nicely. And as you've alluded to already, your earlier days of wanting to do everything (laughs) and like almost kind of be in control or lead a project or have the vision come from lots of different angles. That's how I like to see it as a choreographer is that the dancing part is one aspect of being a choreographer. There are all of the other elements that your ideas or visions are being influenced by or are inspired by and you're working out how to put them into a dance form or how dance form relates to those ideas. So some of the ideas can be physicalized, but some of them are in other disciplines. They're in the lighting design. They're in the, you know, kind of other things in the composition, not necessarily the dance moves, right? They're in different places. And so, and in how you are exploring. So I feel like this leads quite nicely. You as a choreographer is one thing. And then as a dancer is another. And then as a mentor and as a leader of a a group of people, both at the level of training and then at the level of company, could you talk a little bit maybe about that? First in supporting and nurturing young dancers and then maybe the model that you work with where you have that training, but then you also offer the opportunity for company. So maybe just talk about how you nurture or even maybe how you I know auditions are coming up (laughs) as well for you so maybe this could be a little bit of insight into what you are looking for because of how you work with the students does that make sense so how do you support them yeah yeah absolutely I believe I can start talking about this explaining the audition process and then I believe from there you can have uh, perhaps a, a better vision on of the visiting take as a mentor so the audition process uh, as a dancer myself I find a very difficult thing for a dancer because you know uh, today is the audition I perhaps not feeling well but that's the only day that I have to show the director everything I have but what if it physically I'm not capable to and there, the way that I like to see in the history of Lamon dance itself, we only had one audition that I had to ask people to to leave as we we went because it was too many. Otherwise, the audition would be hours and hours and hours. It was in Brazil actually. We had like in one day one hundred fifty dancers applying. So wow. that day was brutal because I was yeah. confronting my the things that I did not want to do, but I had to. But uh, we usually let everybody stay for the class, uh, ballet class, which is just a, a, a short proportion of the audition. And what I'm interested to see, Claire, is the passion. Is the passion that uh, that individual uh, will bring to the, the phrases, the repertoire of the company that they are learning. We usually teach them two completely different phrases so we can be, we can see the, the the, the differences of yeah. the, the approaches that the individual, the dancer, will be bringing to both. And from there, uh, we see how, as a dancer, as a passionate dancer, that dancer will be collaborating with the environment, which is, again, going back, a stressful audition. Everybody's nervous. Me, behind the table, I'm also nervous, right? Mm-hmm. And I want to make sure that everybody 
I keep saying, don't think of an audition. Think about you sharing the love of dance. Of course, there's some aspects, technical aspects, uh, certain uh, years that you need to, the dancer needs to have in terms of technique and, and stuff like that. But I have beautiful examples of a dancer that came to us <laughs> doing the ballet class. It wasn't as advanced uh, like the other dancers, but throughout the, 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 the repertoire, I was so in love with what that dancer that I was like, I, I really need that uh, to give the opportunity to that lady because technique, I can always think that we can improve because the training program, the company, we always offer classes. And I know that dancers are very um, disciplined and dedicated, so they will approach that. But passion is something very hard for you to to really implement in someone. Of course, people fall in love, but I want to see a dancer that has the passion already because that mm -hmm. will elevate the, the work environment, the space. For the longest time, the artist that I bring to guest teach uh, or be a choreographer for Le Mans, one of the first things that they always tell me is like, wow, you have a group of passionate dancers. When I arrived, I felt the love, I felt the respect, I felt the, their need to, to give me more and learn from me. And it makes me happy because that's the type of environment that I believe I would be, as a dancer, would like to involve myself with. Of course, uh, there are always the, the little things, the each dancer, uh, treating the each dancer as an individual, not as a number, because... Imagine you, you, you are valid. You're there because you love to dance. No matter where, where you came from, no matter how many, many years of study of classical ballet training you had, the, the worst thing for me is to be treated as a number. And that's how I try to, to guide each uh, dancer at La Monde Dance as, an, as a mentor. And mm. I think that's important, at least from what I have seen around mm. Right. Yeah, it seems to me that you also, there's something about them learning to trust in their own passion, to trust their own passion, so that they're, so when you say they must be passionate, that doesn't look a certain way. Like every individual shows their passion for dance in a slightly different way, but it's the trusting in their passion for dancing that then an audience and you in the audition room and then their colleagues and um, and the choreographers they work with and the audiences can actually also, you know, can resonate with them, you know. So I think that seems to be what you do really do help nurture and cultivate that, it seems. I yeah. think you said it beautifully, that the, the trust. Yeah. To trust is to, to, to give people the opportunity to, to, to do more, to further know you, right? It's to yeah. be vulnerable. When we did... When we closed the um, Vancouver International Dance Festival, there was a Q&A and someone asked me uh, through the online YouTube questions mm -hmm. why my pieces were so vulnerable um, mm -hmm. and why the dancers were able to portray that on, on stage. And I, I, I believe if I said something along the line saying, I cannot ask my dancers to be vulnerable if I'm not vulnerable in front of them. I don't believe, I like to sit and talk with them, 
like on the same level. I don't stand and they are below me. I -hmm. believe in this environment. We are always learning. I'm not only the teacher, but I'm also the student because society is changing. This new generation is changing and I need to learn from them too. I have a huge uh, experience, but that's not enough. I need to continue to add my experience with whatever the world is becoming right now. Mm-hmm. So yeah. when I'm rehearsing them, either my pieces or other creations, I'm very honest saying, wow, I need a minute to to digest what I just saw because it was so, the, the honesty, the, the trust of whatever they were uh, doing at that moment made me feel something. And as an educator, as a choreographer, as an artist, and as an audience member, mm-hmm. watching someone on stage, that's what I'm interested. I want to be moved. I want to be transported to a place where when I go home, months after watching them perform, I'm still thinking about the feeling about how they made me feel. And I think mm-hmm. that's the, the thing. We always let, remember how people made us feel, either good or bad, right? Yeah. And that's a memory yeah. that stays with us, either positive or negative. Yeah, and I think as well in, in the same, that's also on us and our responsibility to put things out in the world where people can feel positive. You know, we have a we have a responsibility to act in a certain way so that people can respond to something. So if we put out negativity in the world, for example, and then they're going to respond to that, they will remember a negative feeling. <laughs> you know, they will remember a negative response in that situation. So it, it's kind of, yeah, it's it's interesting for me because there's this element of theatrical or intention or an element bringing back your acting kind of penchant for acting back in the back in the day <laughs> in your youth that maybe is also informs a level of performance right or a level of performance that you're interested in with the dancers and a theatricality that you're interested in the scale of the work also then kind of allows for narrative or emotions to come like subtext and all of those things to come up yeah yeah it's very it's very beautiful. I do want to mention though, I think, and I told you this in advance that I might mention this as I was doing my research around your website and things. I was intrigued by how you had added a success stories section to your website and how, um, so you mentioned um, graduates of the program, which is beautiful. And there are testimonials about Le Mans dance, but more than that, the people that are on there actually show that some of them didn't they'll always be dancers because you know once a dancer always a dancer but not as professional dancers and they've moved into other careers and there is something about the confidence that was instilled in them that they've declared you know uh, announced in the in their testimonials that that helped them that helped them decide what they wanted to do with their lives that helped them decide you know how who they wanted to be in the world and I think that's a really powerful thing so I think that's obviously important to you because you've added it to success stories but I think there is something about that which I think is maybe sets you apart a little bit or the company and the training apart because it feels like more, it feels holistic, not that others aren't holistic, but just that it has this, it's part of, you know, the motivation behind it for you too, I think. Would you like to talk to that a little bit? Or? Yeah, at the training program, I can say that when they get to us, it will be lovely in the sense of, 
La Monde is just a small organization. Mm-hmm. Hopes one day we could grow a little bit more, but at this point we're still a baby organization. And when it comes to a training context, I try to give them, to share them the experiences that I had in my own company, Creative Dança, and with the Applauso, where we were also small, and then we had to do everything. We need to put the Marley down. We need to help cleaning the theater. We need to help creating the, the set design or costume. So that gave us my two projects that I did in Brazil, this idea where dance is not only about dancing, performing on stage, but it gives us a range of uh, possibilities that you could go. As a training dancer, you may get a, a dancer that really loves to dance, but perhaps discover the passion to become a teacher, to become like Davi, a choreographer, or rehearsal director or uh, any any possibilities that the world of performance can can provide in the atlamon dance training we make sure that they all go through that process of understanding the possibilities that dance can can take so i think that's important because when i also mentioned that to the dancers when you're paying for a training program you're investing in your future And if you tried uh, auditioning for places, and today it's quite hard to get a job as a dancer. There are so many beautiful artists out there, and the spots are just a few. But what if, okay, I, I, I want to open my own studio. I want to work for a, a big company that just opened a job position as a rehearsal director. So I... Uh, The idea behind is, of course, to train them to for the performance work, but also to show the possibilities ahead. Because, look, I am a, pro- a living proof of that, right? And I think that's fantastic. So with the program and the, the, the company itself, they they are asked to help to with the production of the show, with the... For instance, sometimes we ask the, the professional, the dancers from the professional company to teach a class for the training program or to support a rehearsal director doing the, the rehearsals. And that creates like a, a merge in between the training and the, the, the company. So they both see the possibilities, either or. I could be a dancer with the professional company, but also could help the training program with whatever they need. So I think that's something magical uh, that we provide. Mm-hmm. I agree. I was just going to say, in that merging, is it usual for somebody from who's been trained by Lamont Dance to become a Lamont Dance company dancer? Yeah, right now, the majority of the members of the company, they came from the training program. Mm-hmm. The, the, the company is a baby. The, the, the professional company is a baby. We did. Yeah. We started the prototype right. before COVID. COVID happened, everything, you know, the whole yeah. kafafo that happened with COVID. And now, most recently, we were able to solidify what the company is. Mm-hmm. Uh, we have six dancers there. And now we just have the first leg of auditions. And the majority of people that were applying for that mm-hmm. uh, position for the company was huge. So we had three auditions over the course of the, the six months that we are about to experience. Mm-hmm. And so far, 82 people applied, which is a huge number for us. Wonderful. So yes, wow. so the majority of, of them came from the training program, and which makes one of my goals to, to always have a company 
professional company attached to a training because then we would, some of these training dancers would like to continue dancing involved with the company, La Monde Dance itself. So it would mm-hmm. be a hub of, you know, that uh, almost like um, they said this word the other day, like an e- you have your own ecosystem, you know, you produce your dancers, you hire your dancers and you hire them to other things as well, not only as a dancer, but uh, to do other things. So I find that really important. However, we do not limit these positions, those positions only to our dancers because then won't be fair. So mm-hmm. again, it's yeah. not everybody from the training program that wants to continue to be a dancer or to actually perform with Lamon Dance. They also apply for other companies around the world and etc. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I answer your question. Oh yeah, yeah. No, it was it was more about the it was about the merger. You know, actually how it practically works and you definitely did answer the question but I also in your answer to the question there's also for me I can very much feel the potential of what you've what you built and what you're interested in the vision the bigger vision that you have so I I feel like I it kind of it's how it's working now and then there's all this potential for how it could potentially work in the future and what you're working towards I feel is very clear it's very clear so that's really wonderful and congratulations that's a, a wonderful amount of people oh, um and even being able to offer people the opportunity to audition for something like that I think right now is huge like to to help the positive you know to to keep it vital to have an active presence for people to come and be able to join in and to contribute and to be part of these worlds is it's all the more important for us to feel like that's what we're doing, you know, like the inclusivity of it, but also the, yeah, inclusivity. And then the, and then the presence, you know, having a presence and the profile I think is really important. So that's, that's really great. So how would you, I think you've explained a little bit how La Monde Dance fits into the dance scene in Vancouver. I think, I think that's quite clear, but is there anything else you'd like to say about that? Cause I feel like, there are, there are two things like you yourself and your experience in Brazil and 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 bring, being able to bring that and bring a community and go back to that to, to that community I think is one of the unique elements and and I think also it feels like it's a very contemporary company and not necessarily contemporary ballet which I think is another thing as well so maybe you could talk a little bit about that the kinds of choreographers you work with your experience and your connections with Brazil still mm-hmm. oh my goodness I love to talk about that <laughs> oh good <laughs> how Lamont dance fits in in the community we have been around for 15 years that's how I said we are to a baby organization and I yeah. think one of the things that I find that could be absolutely wrong about this, there is a thing about artists or even dancers not wanting to cross the bridge <laughs> because oh. they commute. So therefore, sometimes I feel that we are not, people don't know about La Monde Dance because of that. Understand? But we have been here for the past 15 years. We are very So proud. meaning that you're in North Vancouver? Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. so we were born from a studio called R&B Dance. We were a mm-hmm. program, a uh, professional training program from their studio. So Lamon became this huge thing. And then we decided to, to become a nonprofit organization to support us for grants and all of that. And uh, we are still uh, in partnership with R&B. They provide us this beautiful uh, space 
And sometimes I find hard to, how can I say this nicely? There's a cost for us to bring artists to to Norvan. And because of the commute, you know what I mean? That they need to do. So that side of the, the, the picture makes me sad. I know what you mean, because I grew up in London. And I used to go to stage school part-time. I went to another, I got the train to school. I was in different places all the time. I was always, commuting was like at least two hours of my day. And I don't ever regret that travel time to to get the experiences, you know, to have the experiences I had ever. Like it's part of, it was part of living in a city. So I think there was something about if you want that level of training, you will travel for it. But how do you get people to understand the significance of the training they're going to get and until they are in the room getting that training they can't know how important and relevant it is to their lives that they're getting it so I think I think there's something about I the only advice I could give is just be doing something when you're commuting that is worthwhile to you and use that time that commuting time wisely because it's so worth it and because of the stuff that happens in the middle so just time management people (laughs) and also as freelance dance artists that will be one of the biggest things that you can learn is how to manage your time and that kind of time because there's an awful lot of commuting in in Canada right absolutely and there is a talk that we could potentially uh, bring uh, the organization to downtown Vancouver but as Uh I said we are baby organization it would require a lot of thinking that's the part that I would love to see more uh, artists from the our community saying, yes, I will go to Norvan. Of course, I understand uh, that people are busy with their own grants and projects. I'm talking about some guests that I potentially... Yeah, yeah. Right? Yeah, choreographers and teachers, yeah. Yes. Some of them, the ones that um, actually approach me, that we have seen what you're doing for La Mondance, I would love to go there. And then that's mm-hmm. so easy and they go and they have fun. And some of the, the other guests that I would love to, their dancers to have an experience, they're also busy. So there are a lot of uh, things that adds to mm-hmm. the picture as well. But I'm very proud to be in the community and for being active in a community mm-hmm. of Lamont Dance Company, providing not only the training, not only the company, but small projects here and there, uh, helping emerging choreographers to, to establish themselves offering them a place for them to work with the training or with the company that has been uh, one of my uh, mission to 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 provide that space because there are a lot of beautiful voices out there and they just need one person i always tell everybody you only need one person to see what you do because First, of course, you need to believe it that you do is valid. You want to be shared. But someone that's not you needs to see the work you do and give you that little push because then the rest is on you and the work to, to, to provide that space for you to grow as an artist, right? So I'm, I'm yeah. proud to say that Lamont Dance has been a place that my focus is to first give the opportunity to local choreographers than international choreographers yeah. because there's so much to explore here in BC 
so many artists. Mm -hmm. So for the past three years, we had dance novella directed by, um, co-directed by Rachel Prince yeah. and Brendan Alley, mm -hmm. being uh, choreographers in residence at La Monde Dance. And I am extremely uh, happy to be, for being able to give them three years of opportunity to, to develop their voice, continue to develop their voice. So I'm, I'm happy to provide that space for them, for emerging choreographers to flourish, to continue to explore ideas. Because Lamont Dance is not only the one winning, the choreographers are winning, the dancers that are in the projects are winning, uh, the, the other people involved in the produ production will be also learning. It's like a hub where everybody will be learning. So that's quite phenomenal. And how am I connected with Brazil? The International Dance Festival that I used to go mm -hmm. no longer exists. COVID was a huge factor um, to, to make that decision, which is very sad. It was a beautiful project that put together, got together artists from international choreographers, teachers, and also uh, choreographers from Brazil, all together sharing the room, sharing the, the, the knowledge with so many dancers mm -hmm. throughout the, the month. But I do have friends. Uh, most recently, we have my way to connect with my country was to bring a guest choreographer from Brazil, Alex Neural. His, um, his company is called Focus Siege Dança. He's based in Rio de Janeiro. We first uh, saw each other when he actually came to Vancouver through the dance center. I'm not so sure what the program was, but uh, the dance center brought them mm, to right. perform. And I was like, wow, I want you to come and work with Lamont. And we finally made that happen this this season. Uh, last November, actually, we had the show at the dance center called Triple Bill. And he was one of Great. the choreographers. And yeah. my way of connecting with my country is to make sure that I don't lose my voice. I am a Canadian. I'm a Canadian citizen right now, but I am also Brazilian. So I try to stay with uh, truth through my roots and there's conversations of bringing choreographers from Brazil. That's one of the things that I want to continue on doing. But again, the financial side of things, I need to be very um, smart as I do yeah. that. And of me going back there and choreographing and teaching as well, uh, there's those things that I want to continue doing. I wasn't able right. just because Lamont dance is so demanding. Mm -hmm. My time here yeah. is crazy so do you run like sep do you run like january to december or is it september to do you have a do you do you go september to june or september to yeah. is that how you tend to work we start september yeah yeah nine months um mm -hmm. september to june but it's so it's really like demanding like so much to do and then i really try to make sure to that the training program are well uh, um, assisted you know, because mm -hmm. I think that's a fundamental part, fundamental part yeah. for them to, to get. Yeah. And now with the company working um, side by side, it's a lot of things to do. Yeah. yeah, it is. And you do, you put on shows downtown, you know, you, you, you choose, you know, theaters to put the shows on, which I think is wonderful because you bring the work to, you know, the, the downtown, which is, which is really great. But that in itself is an ordeal you know, like worthwhile, obviously, but, but it, it, it's a thing in itself to put on the shows. Yeah, that's really wonderful. So I would just like to mention, well, you've talked about COVID a little bit and how we were all, you know, 
everybody globally um, had to adapt and, and uh, you know, a lot of people had to kind of stop for a while. And I know that did impact, obviously, and you being able to run the program, but I do think you adapted very well and very quickly. And coming out of COVID, I think you're one of the most positive people <laughs> of a resurgence of Lamont Dance and, and, and kind of feel with it, a, a, not just an urgency, but a kind of momentum to actually use this to grow. And I know that you said with Janet Smith, I think in Stir Magazine, Janet Smith mentioned your powers of visualization, which I also feel very strongly from you, and that you're kind of willing all of this positive energy and focused energy into existence. So could you talk a little bit about what Le Mans Dance's future is, and at the same time, maybe what you're doing right now, and like there's the Vancouver International Dance Festival, the Dance Center, so those things, but then also a little bit beyond. So just give us a, to finish, let's just do a Davi vision board for Le <laughs> Dance's future. If I, if I share, it will be two two hours of podcast here. Uh, I know. How about how about I give you three minutes? Okay. How's that sound? <laughs> so okay, go. I mean, one of the things that I really wanted to do in terms of what's the future of Le Mans Dance, it's continue to flourish the company and the training program, of course, and um, to bring to try to bring the the, the company uh, and the training to downtown, to be located downtown. It's hard because, again, um, we have this um, beautiful organization that has have been helping us for the past 15 years. But then I, I feel that uh, bringing the company to now work from uh, downtown will allow us to see a little bit of more dancers in terms of accepting more dancers. The, the training program will limit ourselves to only accept 20 dancers. Because as I said earlier, uh, we want to treat the dancers as an individual with something to offer instead of a number. So that's one of the goals that uh, we have. I don't know when this will happen, but some mm-hmm. talks. And to continue to provide the, these shows that we, we do for the community and travel with them. I think mm-hmm. the, the most powerful thing is to give the dancers also the opportunity to tour, tour and to show what we produce here in BC worldwide. So we used to take them to this festival that I mentioned a couple of times, yeah. International Dance Festival. And uh, it was transformative experience for all of the Canadians, uh, mm-hmm. especially because we were able to see, to went, to go to a third world country and see what we Canadians, we have and compare with a different world and then say, hey, I will value way more the things that I have based on the the things I saw, their experience. So I have been distanced myself from creating new things. I supposed to be one of the choreographers for the Triple Bill that we performed mm-hmm. uh, last mm-hmm. November, but I felt that uh, I wasn't ready. I had an idea and a project. Everything was uh, there for me to, to mm-hmm. work with the dance, but I didn't feel ready just because for the past years, my voice as a, as a mentor and as an administrator <laughs> It's grown yeah. because, as I said, it's a baby organization. We don't have the funds to hire yet other um, professionals to take care of certain things that you may know a little bit, but you're not good at it because other people, they are. It's happening. Mm-hmm. So it's on a goal. My goal is to hire, to have a support system, a team that will actually flourish Lamont Dance to its full potential. So then I can really exercise my voice 
as an artistic director and as a visionary uh, choreographer because I do have two projects that I really want to to create. And next season, I want to bring Before Dawn, which is the creation that I that I spoke to Janet for the International Vancouver International Dance Festival. Because so interesting, uh, before COVID happened, I had the urge to talk about exactly that. Like, we need to value now. We need to to love, forgive, laugh, cry now before it's mm-hmm. too late. So I was writing this piece. And all of a sudden, the world went upside down with oh, COVID. Yeah. I was like, wow, this is insane. So that's the creation that I ended up doing for the Vancouver International Dance Festival based mm-hmm. on that. And I be bringing back that next week. And I think that will be a great step for me to go back to my roots as a choreographer. Mm-hmm. So are you saying that that will be performed this year? Uh, when I say we are in season 14 of La Mondes, we are uh, the companies performing next year. Great. Part of their, their program will be Great. next year. Lovely. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's and it's so true now, right? It, it's helpful uh, at the moment to also be thinking of that. We need to laugh and cry. And now we need to stay, you know, we need to stay with our feelings and with things that are resonating with us so that we can act on them and and move forward with them you know like and actually with awareness you know with awareness about how we're feeling about moments and what we can and cannot do what we can and cannot achieve at this moment without losing our dreams absolutely especially now coming has been what yeah three years from covid now so there's a huge difference on what the training from the training program are experiencing i noticed that We need to respect and um, be honest with what they are feeling right now because they just came back from a time where no nothing was possible. And now we come yeah. to this scary word that I'm, I'm allowed to touch, but I don't know how to behave. So it has been a very interesting learning curve to, to get to mentorship these uh, young artists after COVID. Yeah. So, yeah, we need to, I, I really value when they are crying, when they, they, they are laughing, uh, but we still keep the professional level. And I think that's a beautiful thing for us to, to, to take in consideration because tomorrow, as Nina Simone says, may never come. So may you may come. be present today and value the feelings that you're feeling today. Mm-hmm. And I think that's a really wonderful place to you know, just be reminded of your, of the, what being in a professional environment means today also has, you're in this place, right? It might be very different to how you trained, how I trained, how like certain environments, but then, then there's a certain, there's the necessity of the time we are in and, and the, and the interactions that we are having as human beings in these professional environments. So there's a kind of sensitivity. And like you say, but it is a professional environment. And so managing that and being able to kind of uh, steward, you know, the young people into that environment, but at the same time being open to what they consider to be a professional environment or environments they want to be in and they want to work in. That's the other thing they're able to kind of show you right? In how they are relating to each other and to you. So I think it's a beautiful time to be a mentor and an educator. Very important time. Yeah. It is. It's quite challenging because as I said, there are moments that I'm so vulnerable in front of them that, that I say, 
I mean, there are some times that I'm so like, no, why are you doing this? And then I go back and say, no, mm. go back. They're not, mm. they were not trained from the time that you were trained. Things mm. happen. Listen, sit down, mm. observe, say nothing. And from that mantra, I go back and understand way more how I could in a way, facilitate the room for them because that's what I'm telling them. I'm not there to drive their cars. I'm just on a passenger seat that sometimes we say, okay, keep driving. Okay, now it is time for you to stop and enjoy the view. Put some gas on. So I really use that analogy about the car with them because I think it says it all because sometimes around their age, they just want to drive. They they really want to get that job as professional dancer, but they're not putting gasoline, they're not stopping, they're not resting, they're not doing the things that they're supposed to do when you're driving a car, mm-hmm. really seeing who is around, and mm-hmm. and that takes away the opportunity for them, and then they get burned out. I no longer want them to be a dancer anymore. I hate dance. Yeah. That happened. Yeah. That happened. So I think yeah. it is time for us as mentors to be present and to treat each individual, each dancer as its own and facilitate, open the room for them to grow and flourish. Yeah, wonderful. Drive our own cars and be in the passenger seat of the other people. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Thank you so much for spending the time, Debbie. I really appreciate it. It was really great. And uh, yeah, look forward to seeing your show at the Dance Centre. Do you have a date for us? Yes, we we have a few shows coming up. So our next project will be actually at the Dance Centre April 20th, part of the D- Discovery... Discover Dance. Yeah, the Discover Dance series. A noon show. Mm-hmm. And I, yeah. we are performing a new work from a guest choreographer from Toronto, Gerald Wolf. He's an Indigenous choreographer, so we're super excited Great. to be yeah, uh, wonderful. creating that. And... Our season uh, finale show, which will happen June 1st and 2nd at the Blue Shore Financial Center for the Performing Arts at Capilano. There we will be sharing uh, pieces of uh, guest choreographers and a few works, three works from from my repertoire. Great. So it's going to be a beautiful show, a small show, not long, but very powerful. So the, the, the... the activities that we are working on, if people want to get all these dates, they're all on our website. Yeah, on your website, and we will add them as well to the podcast. We'll put links to Fantastic. your website. Fantastic. Thank you for having me. Great. I hope I was able to share a little bit. I have a tendency to talk a lot. And Me too, so- but I, I enjoyed listening to you, so I didn't talk as much as I usually do. But uh, <laughs> yeah, no, that was really great, though. There's lots of wonderful information there, and it's always lovely to have the context. Uh, context, And of course, you know, I'll probably speak to you again uh, further down the line and maybe even about a specific piece. And so it's nice to have different conversations and, um, and just have this opportunity to um, connect so and connect you to our listeners, too. Well, slightly so I'm truly um, I'm thankful for the opportunity. A pleasure. Have a lovely day. You too. Okay. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye. Thank you so much for listening. We would love for you to subscribe, rate, and review wherever you get your podcasts, as this will help other listeners find us and help us to grow our dance audience. We'll be back next month. In the meantime, you can follow us on Facebook at The Dance Centre, Twitter 
at Dance Center and Instagram at the Dance Center BC. And if you'd like to support our work, please consider making a donation. Just go to our website at thedancecenter.ca where you'll find extensive information about our upcoming programs and events. The music for the Dance Center podcast was composed by James B. Maxwell. Always a pleasure to connect with you through dance. Until next time. Thank you.